Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Another Friday. Another one. They just keep coming. <laughs> they don't stop, do they? <laughs> yeah. Every day, kind of like that. So is there anything you'd like to talk about today, Dr. Sewell? I, th- I thought we could um, get in a conversation maybe about um, how to assertively ask for what you want. Mm. Um, okay, devil's advocate right off the bat. How to ask for what you want? Like, what's so hard about that? Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's, well, that's the question, Sounds simple right? enough, right? Yeah, it does. Um, and, and it makes sense that... that in a relationship you want to uh, be able to communicate and get your needs met. Um, oftentimes though, people have experience in past relationships that um, make communicating hard and difficult. Um, for example, if you're being raised in a family that's abusive or there's a lot of anger in the home, sometimes there's a real cost to asking because you could get a lot of aggression in return. And so, um, people learn ways to kind of ask for things. Um, and, and, and sometimes <laughs> the way they learn to do that isn't the health, healthiest thing in the world or, or is just kind of plain unlikely to get them what they want. Um, this came up in a, in a conversation I had with a client who was, um, asking for a need to be met from, um, her spouse and, and, as she discussed very specifically how she went about communicating it, it was obvious she was hinting. She wasn't really asking her husband at all. It was kind of, um, can you give me an example? Like, or, or, or obviously, yeah, she was, she was trying to get more time with her spouse. And so when, when she approached him, she said, um, dear, I was thinking maybe that if you, um, could maybe plan for, you know, just sometimes at, at some point, for us to kind of, I don't know, spend some time together, you know, that I'd be up for that. And her, her spouse kind of replied, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. And, you know, and, and it was, it was difficult because this client had a history of really being punished early for asking for anything. And so it was, it was really difficult for her to kind of, um, to, what, to, let, let me ask a question. When she came back to you and described how she asked her husband, was she aware of the fact that, um, you know, there were like 14 qualifiers on, <laughs> on that, you know, ask, um, or, or did she, or did that seem normal to her? Um, well, this is, this is something that we had kind of discussed before. And so she okay. was kind of a little bit aware that this, this, um, seemed to be a pattern um, that she, that she'd noticed, right. Where it was, it was really, um, difficult for her. She felt very nervous and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so as I asked her to describe maybe what her thoughts were as she approached, she was, um, we got into these conversations and, and so, but, but going into the conversation, did she kind of have the model in her head of, okay, here's, here's what I want to say. I want to be able to just say, Hey honey, 
Um, it seems like we spent a lot of time apart lately. I would really like it if we could spend more quality time together. No, no, she um, she doesn't have that. She just had kind of the general idea that she's going to ask to spend more time this together. This desire and this um, worry about her relationship and and um, this this desire to kind of connect with him mm-hmm. more often. Yeah. But it wasn't specific. Like there wasn't a kind of concrete idea for her of what that would actually look like. Um, no. Which not, not understandably to, makes right. it harder to, yeah. to get there. Yeah. Um, and, and so as she progressed in therapy and, and realized that, wow, it's really difficult for me to be very clear about what I want and, mm-hmm. and, and to approach it behaviorally or even in a conversation, um, this was um, along the road one of her homework assignments to ask. And as we, as we discussed why it didn't work, um, it became apparent that, uh, she was not able to just explicitly say what was on her mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it felt very, when, 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 uh, she was able to kind of boil down what she wanted to tell her husband. So it was just a simple question. What did you really want to say to him <laughs> that, that prompted her to say, well, I wanted to say, I want to spend more time with you and I care about our relationship and I'm worried that we're not as close as, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to be, or that, or that maybe you'd want to be. Um, it was it was apparent that that there she she had that ability to kind of sum that up, but it was really hard for her to deliver it because she was so scared and nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, understandably given her given her background, given her history. Yeah, um, but but it was in that distillation of what what is it that you want and answering those questions for her upfront uh, that seemed to really help her progress. Yeah, I, yeah. One area that I see this a lot is um, with sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People will, I uh, hear all the time from my clients um, about how they want something different in their mm. sex life, mm-hmm. right? Um, but because there's, for a lot of reasons, that it's, people feel like it's an awkward topic to bring up and they worry that like, how am I going to come across if I bring this up or what are they going to think or what, you know? And so it's a thing that people have a very strong desire to, to ask for and to want um, differences in this area. But there's a lot of resistance to actually just asking plainly for like, hey, I would like to do this or I would like to do more of this. or, um, And so I, th- these are examples of superficially this question seems kind of silly. Like, yeah, ask for what you want. Like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you think about it, somewhere in your life there is probably an area or two where it's surprisingly difficult to actually ask for what you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and being able to, well, when you, th- there's a risk in an ask a lot of the time too, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's, there's risk involved with that. Yeah. So one, and that's a good kind of segue to one of the things that seems to be most helpful for me when I'm, when I'm talking with clients about this is, and honestly, even in my own life, making the distinction between being assertive versus aggressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think a, lo- a lot of people, especially if they're kind of naturally sort of passive or timid, either by nature or just with respect to a particular topic, they they sort of feel as if it's like, oh, I have to be very accommodating and sort of gentle and roundabout and careful when I ask a question mm-hmm. or else I'm going to come across as aggressive or bitchy mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like... As if, as if it's this kind of all or nothing thing. And, yeah. and so I, what often helps in my experience is showing people that there's this category in between being passive and tiptoeing around stuff 
and being super aggressive. Um, and we, you know, we therapists call it assertive, mm-hmm. but basically it just means being honest and direct about what you want in a way that's also respectful of the other person. But I think a, a lot of people, either because of history or whatever, they just don't realize there is this middle ground in between there. And just because you are direct doesn't mean you're aggressive, right? And that you're going to be hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. That their, their gauge for uh, being aggressive is just really off um, in a way and that, and, and um, helping them distinguish or, or get some sort of um, working gauge for, <laughs> for that is a good thing. Yeah. I can be assertive. I can ask for what I need. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm being aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So to, I had a client who, just to kind of illustrate this, who had, had been in a previous relationship where the, her spouse had like berated her all the time for like the tiniest little things, you know, mm-hmm. would say, you know, why can't you ever remember to take out the goddamn garbage, blah, blah, you know, stuff like that. Um, just really fly off the handle in really yeah. mean, aggressive ways. Off the, so this was kind of, and she had a, sort of family background that was similar, not quite like that, but you could tell in her mind, there was either her like very overly polite, um, Mm -hmm. sort of deferential, super sensitive roundabout way of asking for something from someone else. Yeah. And in her world, it was either that, or it was this like kind of super harsh, um, aggressive, you know, violent speech almost. Yeah. Right. And so what we had to, practice a lot and which felt strange to her because she had just never really encountered it much in her life was things like, can you take out the garbage please Mm. to her? And she actually said, well, that sounds so harsh. Like she, you know, that, that sounds mean, you know? Um, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, this sounds normal, (laughs) (laughs) right? It sounds like Uh neutral, you know, just take out the garbage please. Yeah. Right. Um, but to your point about calibration, I think, depending on your history and your circumstances, something, a new way of speaking or operating can feel very aggressive, but that doesn't mean it is actually aggressive. And it might just take getting used to this new way of operating um, in order to be able to ask for what you want in a straightforward way. Yeah. Uh, be, be willing to kind of try it for a minute to see kind of it's after effects and the experience of it and to get, get some kind of uh better sense of, oh, that, that seems to work a little bit better or worse, or how does that, how does that yeah. work? And, but, but to give that a try, you know, the, you, you brought up politeness and one of the other factors that kept my client, um, um, repeating this, uh, process too, was that she didn't want to give her husband the idea that, um, he was disappointing her. You know, it was like this, oh. I don't want him to make him feel like he's done something mm. wrong. And, and, and there was this real sense of, I'm going to hurt his feelings mm. if I, if I make this request. Yeah. So um, not that he's going to blow up at me or something, but instead like I'm going to unintentionally end up hurting him. Make him feel guilty. Feel bad for, yeah. 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 And and so that, that was an interesting idea to, to expose her to and to let her sit with as well. Cause, um, that became apparent as, as a, yet another reason to not be assertive. This has got to be, as a therapist, this has got to be one of the hardest things to help clients realize this. And we've talked about this before, but the idea that you are not responsible for other people's feelings, like mm-hmm. how they, how other people end up feeling. Yeah. Right? You're responsible for your actions and your behavior, right? But like in this case, you, you could be perfectly polite and assertive and reasonable. 
they may not feel hurt. They may end up feeling hurt. They may interpret that as you being mean. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you are. The fact that they interpret it that way has nothing to do with you. Right. 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 And then how they end up feeling as a result of that. So it's, it's unfortunate if someone does end up feeling bad as a result of, you know, something you said, right? Or after something you said, but that that's different than you are responsible for it. And so I think being more straightforward about asking for what you want, part of it is a very gradual process of, of really internalizing this idea that, uh, you know, I can control what I do and I can try and be respectful and straightforward in my speech, but ultimately how someone takes it is not under my control and therefore not something I'm responsible for. Yeah, yeah, that that realization that you are not in control of of the perceptions of other people. That's that's really hard to do because I think sometimes there's a learning history there that um you know for for developmental issues you're you're kind of learning, "Oh god, you know, I am in control of what everybody's doing around me," you know, either because you're being yelled at and told that or or whatever, but yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to to challenge sometimes. And part of, so part of this is just patience. Like people have to be, it's not like you just learn some new scripts of how to say things and then all of a sudden you can just ask for what you want in yeah. a straightforward way. It's, it's much more like learning any other kind of skill where you really have to start small and go slow. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. one of those things I rec- like people often come in and it's usually like a spouse or a boss that, that someone wants to be able to be more straightforward about something they want or need. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what I'll recommend is that they actually start practicing in situations where the stakes are lower. Yeah. So like with a, with a best friend, right. Yeah. Or with a sibling yeah. or something. My, my start. favorite homework assignment for this is order dinner. You decide you order uh, for everybody. You know, there's no, there's no deliberating about what people want. It's you get, you, you, just you order. get, you have what you want and you get what people. Yeah. And so it's, it's a way, it's a low stakes way to kind of say, oh, okay, let me, I can do this. And, the worst thing that yeah. happens is that nobody likes dinner. But I think, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people can get stuck in this. Okay. I, I know I should start asking for what I want in a more direct way, mm-hmm. but it's so hard. Like it's so scary. Mm-hmm. And, and people mm-hmm. feel like, well, now that I know what I should be doing, I should just be able to do it. And then they, Ugh, they feel yeah. resistance and they, then they feel bad for not being able to do it. Yeah. And so I, I like to remind people that it's, this is a skill like any other and that it, it, it can help to start small and build up your skill and confidence in lower stakes and then go back to the the big one, the one you actually want to be able to do better. Yeah. After you've kind of built up that confidence and skill a little bit. Yeah. So it's always great to start start small. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance, and if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast. Let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.